0: Welcome to the First Baptist Church Brunswick Podcast. Join us as we desire to lead people into a deep and thriving relationship with Jesus Christ.
1: Take your Bible this morning and turn to the Old Testament book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. And Let me say what a wonderful morning this has been. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you today. Wonderful breakfast this morning. I don't know if that's going to be set up after church still or not, but the boards that the seniors have set up are well worth the look. And uh, wow, I I don't think I've ever heard two better student presentations on a graduating Sunday than what we heard this morning. I don't see any reason to have a sermon. What do you think? Too bad, we're going to have one anyway. But uh, we have recognized our 2022 graduates. And um, I want to say a word to you this morning. And along the way, I do want to speak a word to the larger congregation. And, and not only something for just this time, but I hope for all time. But before I go on, I, I must say what an honor it is to, to speak for Dr. Chris Winford. Uh, Chris is coming up on eight years uh, here as the pastor of First Baptist Church of uh, Brunswick. And really what that means when you think about it, if you've been in middle school and high school, he has been your pastor the entire time, and that is incredibly special, isn't it, to have the same pastor. And I want you to remember this. You can't spell Christ without Chris. (laughs) And he has been an example of faithfulness to you. Uh, In coming, I think you would agree that through his leadership, that he's helped to restore health to this congregation, and now we're praying that God would restore health to our brother Chris Winford. And here's the good thing, no matter where you go, students, you will always be able to look back with joy and love and to know that Chris Winford is your home pastor. And he has led you through this entire incredible four years and a time of of worldwide pandemic it's been incredible what all that he has been here for and with you and the worldwide pandemic has affected everything right everything that we are and do over the last few years and it's, it's amazing we're still we're still not sure what all will have happened as a result of the pandemic but we can say today by God's grace we are survivors amen we are survivors and so uh Also, when we think about what we've been through, we have to be reminded that there has been a lot of other things going on in our culture and in our society. And I I can't pretend to understand what it was like for you as students in high school, especially right in the middle of that, when you had to learn online and socially distance from your your fellow students and and your teachers. I can't pretend to know what that was like. And if you add to that the the upheaval in, in our culture, uh, socially and politically and, and, and racially, and then add to that the excruciatingly tragic murder of Ahmad Arbury here in Brunswick, which for a time uh, put you uh, in your city in a national and, um, and world focus. And by the way, that 's not the end of that. If you saw the news yesterday, you know that uh, up in Buffalo, a, a young man, your age, took a weapon and killed over 10 people uh, in what was, I think we're gonna discover, was a racially motivated attack. And so, that's very sad, isn't it? It's been hard, hasn't it? Amen, it's been hard. But, here's the thing, I bet you there will not be another senior class that can say that in your senior year, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series and the Georgia Bulldogs won the college football championship, right? I hope that happens again, but may not, so you remember that. So what do I preach? I mean, my goodness, what do I talk about today? Well, you know, my my family and I, we were on a cruise over spring break with with our family, and we were down near the Bahamas, and a lot of these cruise lines, they have their own little islands, you know? And I said, well, what's the island we're going to? And they said, well, it's called Castaway Cay. Uh, Castaway, no, Coco Cay, Coco Cay. And I said, you mean Key, right? They said, no, Kay. I said, okay. (laughs) And as my wife were there on the beach with our children and grandchildren, a young Bahamian man who worked on the island began to visit with us. And it was clear to me that he was a believer. And I could just sense that. And then my wife went and told him I was a preacher. And he asked me a question. He said, you're a preacher? I said, yes. He goes, "What, what would you say to our young people today? And that's when it came to mind, before I even knew I was gonna be here, what I was gonna preach this year to whatever graduates I stood in front of, Micah 6.8. I think you're gonna see that on the screen now. He has told you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And that's the key verse, okay, <laughs> all right? And from it, I want to speak on the subject from good luck to God's blessings. Of all of the things that people write in your yearbooks and cards they send you, the things they say to you, the, the two most common affirmations are good luck and God bless. And I think, you know, good luck is good. We want that. If somebody said, I'd rather be lucky than what? Good. Another saying is we make our own luck. But one of my favorites is this. Luck is the residue of design and so I believe that that God has a design for us to follow and if we follow that we might have some good luck and we might need that but more than that we're going to have the blessings of Almighty God and I think it's based on this one verse that I want to share with you today Micah 6 8 and the first thing it says is do justice some translations of the Bible say Do right. Do what is right. And that's good advice. No matter what happens, no matter what we're going through, do what is right. But how do we know what is right? The Bible says twice in the Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to what? Death. And we're living in days when the world, and especially in, in America, we're getting our idea of what is right, from social media, from media, and from polling data. But Proverbs 21, 2 says, All a man's ways seem right to him, but it is the Lord that weighs the heart. And, And what is right is not ultimately a matter of human ways, but God's ways. And that's why Micah 6, 8 begins with these words, He has told you, O man, what is good. God reveals what is good. God reveals what is right. God reveals what is good. He has done it in His written word, the Bible, and through His living word, Jesus Christ. And so we can know what is right, and I'd rather be good than lucky. Do justice. Do justice as a person. Do your best. In whatever you do, from your work to your worship, do your best. Doing your best always takes me back to the year I graduated, and I'm really going to date myself here, but the bicentennial year of our country. Anybody know what year that was? 1976, and all of God's people said, He's old. (laughs) But that year, um, Jimmy Carter, our governor, was running for president of the United States, and he released an autobiography of his life up to that point that was named, Why Not the Best? I have an autographed copy of that from Jimmy Carter. But that title comes from an experience that Carter had as a young naval officer. He was being interviewed by Admiral Hyman Rickover for entrance into the nuclear service of the Navy. And Rickover asked Carter if he had done his best while at the Naval Academy. And here was his answer, no. Now, I might have said, I'm trying. <laughs> but I don't think I would have said no. But Jimmy Carter was very honest. And then Rickover asked him a two word question that struck Carter to the core of his being. He asked Carter, Why not? And Carter determined at that moment that he would begin to do his best at everything he did. And boy, has he ever done that. Governor of the state of Georgia, President of the United States. Uh, Ambassador for Habitat for Humanity, and a Nobel Prize winner as well, amen? He's done his best. Let me ask you, did you do your best in high school? I would have to say, I didn't do my best, but I tried to do better in college and seminary and beyond that, and, and I think if you at least try to do your best, you wind up doing better along the way. Let me ask you, are you doing your best? Are you doing right in your life? Are you doing justice? And if not, why not? Let me ask it another way. Are you treating people justly and rightly? Are you doing justice toward other people? And if not, why not? Let me ask that another way. Are you being right toward other people? The particular context of this verse in Micah is that God wanted his people to act justly, to do what was right toward other people. One of my favorite devotional authors is Oswald Chambers, who wrote, well, actually his wife put together from his lectures uh, devotionals that he gave in a college classroom uh, into the classic, uh, My Utmost for His Highest. But he says, in one devotional in that book, the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is not just do your duty, but do what is not your duty. Go the second mile. He said, never look for the right in the other man, but never cease to be right yourself. Never look for justice, but never cease to give it. Now that might seem like an odd statement because we we always need to be out there looking to do better at justice but here's the thing if we all do what is right if we all do justice toward other people then we're not going to have a problem with justice in our world but that brings us to the next thing that God said he said love kindness other translations say love mercy and there are a lot of people in the world they're not going to do justice are they There are a lot of people in the world, uh, they're they're not going to do right. In fact, they're going to do wrong and they're going to do a lot of it. So what is to be our response to them? God says, love kindness. Other translations say what? Love mercy. Why? Because kindness makes justice even stronger. And I would say right now in our culture, we're lacking a lot of kindness and a lot of mercy. When I was a pastor outside of Birmingham, Alabama, my church was near the United States steel factories. And when the leaves fell from the trees uh, in the fall, from my backyard, I could see the stacks from the steel plant belching flames. And it was while I was there that I, I learned something about steel. There's a process known originally as the Bessemer process, which removes impurities from molten iron by oxidation. What does that mean that, that oxygen, air, is, is forced through the molten iron and that results in a high-grade steel? And I give you that as an illustration today of this. I believe that kindness oxygenates justice. It helps to remove its impurities and it makes justice even stronger. And that's why God says, love kindness, love mercy. Kindness will make you a stronger person and kindness will give us a stronger society. That doesn't mean that we ignore laws. It doesn't mean that we don't hold people accountable. It doesn't mean that there are not times when we have to take out the bad guy or even go to war. But our justice should always be tempered by kindness and mercy. The Hebrew word for kindness is hesed, hesed, which can be translated as mercy or or loving kindness and even forgiveness. I've studied several times under a singer-songwriter by the name of Michael Card. He loves this word hesed, and he has a definition for it that I want to give you today. Hesed is when the one who owes you absolutely nothing gives you everything. And that's what God has done for us, amen? Though we deserve to have justice done to us because of our sin, he has given us kindness and mercy in Christ. And kindness is dependent on several things that Jesus teaches The uh, great commandments, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. The golden rule, what's that? Do unto others as what? As they would have you do unto them, all right? As you would have them do unto you. And then this one, the law of forgiveness. What's that? The law of forgiveness. Jesus teaches us this. He says, forgive as it has been forgiven you forgiveness mercy and kindness is what Christianity comes down to and I have a saying that I've used for years and years and it's something that I I, I need to remind myself to live up to and I want to pass it on to you today there is no such thing as Christianity apart from forgiveness you can call it Christianity but if you're not willing to forgive as you have been forgiven then it's not Christianity Christ forgave us, and we're to forgive one another. And that is not just an eternal principle, but a very practical one. Because you see, the greatest hurt that we ever experience in our lives comes through relationships with somebody else, whether it's family or friends or in the community at large. But the greatest healing that comes into our lives is also through relationships. And that's why God, when he wanted to demonstrate kindness, didn't just send a principle. He sent a person, Jesus Christ, who practiced kindness and practiced forgiveness. But doing justice and loving kindness is not always easy, is it? It can be complicated. So how do we balance those two? Well, Micah 6.8 says, walk humbly. And in the end, that means walk humbly with God. It is God who gives us both the power to do justice and love kindness. Justice is what we're to do, kindness is what we're to give. And walking humbly with God empowers us to balance those two out. When I think of humility, I tend to think of riding a horse. Have any of you ever ridden a horse? When I was pastoring my my first church out in the country, outside of uh, Louisville, Kentucky, Baghdad, Kentucky, well, they did several things for a living there. They raised tobacco, and many of them worked in whiskey distilleries in Frankfort, the capital city. But they also raised horses. There was only one of those three things that I could do as a pastor, (laughs) you get that? And so on Sunday afternoons, and this is crazy, I mean, the things you do out in the country, we used to sit on the back porch and shoot guns. Man, that's that's pretty cool. But we went riding on horses, and I remember the first time I went riding on a horse out through the woods. Uh, We were riding along and having a good time, and then suddenly, I can see it in slow motion, to this day, the bit broke and fell out of the horse's mouth. And he was transformed by that. And he began to run like it was the Kentucky Derby through the, through the woods and, uh, and I was just dodging branches and trees and, and finally I pulled the reins completely tight around his neck and he stopped. And that's why I'm here today. <laughs> but it struck me in that moment what a powerful thing a little bit is in a horse's mouth. Justice and kindness are powerful things. Walking humbly with God is the bit that brings all that power under control and focuses it toward the very greatest things. And Jesus demonstrated this in his life, did he not? If there was ever anyone who walked the face of the earth who was perfectly just and right, it was Jesus Christ. If there was ever anyone who was ever kind and merciful, it was Jesus. But the key action of Jesus' life is demonstrated in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, where Paul writes, Have this mind in you, which is yours In Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider his equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, We sang about this earlier. God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God exalted Jesus to the highest place because he humbled himself. And graduates, he'll do the same for you. Peter wrote this, and he learned it in his own life. 1 Peter 5, 6, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Life is always changing. What can we hold on to? Micah 6, 8, Do justice. Always do what is right in the sight of God. Do things to the best of your ability. Do right toward other people. But when you fail, and you will, and when others fail, and they will, love kindness, love mercy, be forgiving. And to balance those two, have humility. And if you do these three things in your life, there's a lot more that you need to do, and there's a lot more in the counsel of the Word of God. But for today, just those three things, if you do those three things, you will have far more than good luck in your life. You will have the blessings of Almighty God. Will the world recognize that? Not always not even often but remember jesus did not do these things to bring glory to himself but to bring glory to god and paul put it this way whatever you do do it all to the glory of god these last years have not been all that we have dreamed things have not turned out the way that we planned but all is not lost amen All is not lost. A friend of mine who's a high school principal gave me this quote a couple of years ago and it really stuck with me. He said this, if today you lost everything you have, it would be the worst day of your life. Amen? But if everything you lost that day, you got back the next day, it would be the best day of your life. And the point of that quote is this, Despite all that has happened the last four years and the changes and losses that we have all endured, we still have so much, amen? And the result of it is more than good luck, it is because of God's blessings. And so, Joseph, Will, Kara, Callie, Brianna, Anna Lee, Jacob, Daniel, Jeffrey, Zachary, and Victoria, will you stand with me right now? Just you. To the class of 22, congratulations to each of you. God has surely been so faithful and so much more than true. So get ready to test your wings and fly away. But when you do, just remember you are loved, and somebody here is always praying for you. We will pray the road will rise to meet you, and that the wind will blow soft on your souls. But sometimes life will sure mistreat you, and troubled times will take their toll. We've done the best we can to give you a firm foundation in Christ, yet we pray that the Lord himself will keep you as you hold on to your childlike faith. To the class of 22, this is our challenge to you. Do justice, love kindness, and humbly walk in truth. Live your visions And dream your dreams everywhere you go and all you do. Just remember that you are loved, and somebody here is always praying for you. God bless you, Brother Chris.
0: Amen. Seniors, if you'll make your way to the front steps, please. I'm going to ask the parents of the seniors if you'll come and to uh, place your hands not around their throats but on their shoulders <laughs> all right seniors feel spread out just a few minutes spread out we're going to go into a time of prayer where we or parents you will come and pray over your son or your daughter and we as a congregation will be behind you supporting you and as they make their way let's give owen bobs a round of applause for a great challenge to our students this morning Congregation, the Apostle Paul says this, that he says as he writes to a New Testament church, he says, you are my letter. You are my letter. And so, congregation, I stand before you and say, these students here, the, these students, they're our letter. They're our letter to the world, what we've poured into them, what we've prayed over, believed for them. And so, church, let's covenant together to pray for these students pray for the parents, celebrate with some of the parents, encourage them, but let's bless them as we send their sons and daughters into the world with our blessings and with God's favor. Amen. So church, would you please stand? And I'm going to ask that you raise your hands in prayer. Parents, place your hands upon your sons, on your daughters, and let's go to the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Almighty God, I'm so thankful for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's in here and especially these seniors. Father, they are all fearfully and wonderfully made. You know them well. Before they were formed in their mother's womb, you knew them. You knew the days that you have ordained for them. And so, Father, as they now transition into a a new time, a time when they are now on their own, Father, I pray that they will remember the teachings from their mothers, that they will remember the teachings from their fathers, that they will remember the teachings that they've heard from this church. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead them, that you would guide them, and that you would protect them. You will do that, Holy Spirit. But Father, I pray for these for these men, for these women. I pray that they would hear you, that they would hear the voice of the Lord. They'll say, go to this, go to the left or go to the right, but walk in this direction. May they hear you. I pray for friends in this new time of their life. May they choose wisely. Father, protect them from the evil one. And Father, I pray that you'd use this graduating class to bring a revival that our country and our world so desperately needs. And so why not begin it with these that stand before us this morning? Why not these, Father? Why not? And Father, for the parents, Father, I pray that you would be the God of comfort as they see their their son and their daughter as they they move on. And we know that's part of parenting, but uh, there's a hole there that will be left. And I pray that Father, through the Holy Spirit, you would fill that void that only you can. I pray that they'd be a source of encouragement to their son and their daughters. And Father, I pray that we as a church can come behind these parents, encourage them, hold them, and to be a blessing to them. Father, thank you for these men and these women that stand before us today. We charge them to go and fulfill the Great Commission. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said together, amen, amen, amen. Let's give our seniors a round of applause. I'm going to ask the seniors, if you will go ahead and make your way across the street to Beach Hall and go stand by your board in the Beach Hall, and moms and dads, you can go with them as well. But um, um, congregation, as they make their way across the street to Beach Hall, every single one of you is invited uh, for uh, cake and for punch uh, to come celebrate with these who have graduated. Right across the street in Beach Hall, and I hope that you can do that. And one last thing before dismissal, before um, before we go, I want to recognize one person here, Paul Smalls. Would you come up here just a second, Paul? This is Mr. Paul Smalls, brother Paul Smalls. Uh, (laughs) That's right. Uh, Paul is a pastor here in our area. But uh, something that Paul does that many of you may not know, but uh, every uh, morning, uh, Paul will make his way to a school in Glenn County, and he gathers around the, the, the flagpole, and he prays. And he gathers students with him. And every time I see him, I see Paul. He's faithful. He's got his head down. And he's leading our sons and our daughters how to pray, and he's praying for our schools. And uh, Paul, I just want to say you're a blessing to me when I see you do that. Um, you're a blessing to our students who who pray with you and they raise the flag. So I just want to say thank you. And would you do me a would you do me a quick favor? Would you say just a quick prayer, a blessing over us as we dismiss? Would you Would you be willing to do that? Thank you, Paul. Just close this, please.
2: Before I say a prayer, I want to say something to your pastor. This is my brother. I see him as a brother. We sat in Waffle House one morning, and we shared a waffle. (laughs) Can you imagine? We shared a waffle. And as we were sitting there, I was talking to him, and we was just conversing. And everybody in the restaurant started looking at us because we had so much joy in our heart because of who God is and who God is in our lives. And I just wanna say this to my brother. I love you and I want God to keep you. We're not gonna let you go. We need you too much. Let us pray. Father, right now stand in this building because you made it possible for us to stand here together as brothers To embrace the love, the kindness, the generosity, and the compassion that you have allowed us to experience at this moment. And I am just so grateful to be here this morning. My heart is just overjoyed. I just bless you, honor your name, God, because you're so wonderful and you're so anointing in our lives. And we just want to honor you right now to give you praise, to worship you, and let your spirit abide in these congregation and the families and everything that First Baptist is about to attempt, let them complete it. We bless you and honor you, and we're going to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: God bless. Have a great day. Thank you.